Hey, it's Kathy. I'm just hopping in real quick to tell you that the doors are closing to the Abundance Method program today. That's right. May 16th, four o'clock Pacific time, we close the doors to this program. And I'm so excited to watch you change your life. I'm so excited to see what happens when you tap into the energy that is within you and you start to attract so much into your life and there's incredible synchronicity and you start to perceive what was always here in plain sight and that which was hidden becomes revealed. If you want to join us, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join. And remember, those of you who sign up for the Platinum, you get the retreat included. It's going to be an incredible retreat. It's a three-day experience. You can choose between July or October and the July is definitely filling up. So come on in and join us. Again, the doors close at four o'clock Pacific today. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait to spend 12 weeks with you and watch you become a master at manifesting the most gorgeous experiences and opportunities and abundance into your life. Feel fear and step into it anyway. You learn a little lesson, a little tiny lesson in that moment. And that lesson is that not only was that not so bad, but it actually helped. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short and to stop sitting it out and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek That is what we truly want, and you absolutely are here to serve the world, and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you, and every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Grammarly for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Grammarly is the digital writing assistant that helps more than 20 million people put their best words forward. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com slash dream job. Also, thanks to Fundrise. Start building your better portfolio today. Get started at Fundrise.com slash dream job to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. And thanks to Aslo. Aslo is a free business checking account with invoicing, bill pay, money transfers, no minimum balance, and no fees. Sign up with no minimum deposit at Aslo.com slash dream job and get a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide. Hey, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. What a week it's been, you guys. I've been in Florida now 10 days and I feel like I am growing so much. Growth is not always the easiest feeling, but you can feel certain parts of you are sort of dying off and certain parts are coming alive. And I posted on Instagram and I wrote, if you know me based on who I was a year ago, you don't know me at all. My growth game is strong. Allow me to reintroduce myself. I honestly feel like I look back at who I was a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, and I'm like, oh my God. And I honestly think that becoming who you are is not about changing as much as it is unbecoming everything that's not you shedding the layers of all the ways you've stifled yourself or kept yourself 
or kept yourself small. And it's about returning to who you really are, returning to your own truth. There's a whole new part of me right now that's being unearthed. And um, I look back and I just can't believe the ways that I would shrink before to fit my surroundings. Life is truly incredible and it's as good as we allow it to be. And um, I love the question that Gay Hendricks asked in his book, The Big Leap. He says, how happy are you willing to be? Because the truth is we keep a ceiling on how much we're able to receive, how much joy we let in. And too often we settle when there's there's just so much here that we can taste if we let ourselves, if only we would increase the capacity we have for a bigger, more expansive experience. So I'm curious, do you feel like you've leveled up in the last year? Do you feel like there's even more room to grow into your biggest self? I'd love to hear. You can come talk to me about it on Instagram. You can DM me or you can comment on what I posted yesterday. But if you're interested in more of the up level, tomorrow we begin our Arrive community. So if you want to sign up, you still have one more day to get in at the founding members price, which gives you two months free. But I will do my first coaching session with the community tomorrow. And then we'll have our first guest expert session on Wednesday with Stacey Tushel. And she she's incredible. She'll be teaching you all about how to get those clients in the door and how to start making revenue and more revenue. She has a best-selling book and it's all about foot traffic and how do you get those people to actually come to you. You don't want to miss this. If you want to get in on it, you can go to kathyheller.com slash arrive community and sign up and join us. You can enroll for one month at a time or you can enroll right now at the founding members price. And for six months, you actually get two months free. So go check it out because it's guaranteed to be awesome. Okay. Well, I'm really excited because today I'm sitting down with the awesome Chase Jarvis. He's an Emmy nominated award-winning photographer, best-selling author, podcaster, artist, entrepreneur, founder, and the CEO of Creative Live. Many of you have probably heard of Creative Live. It's the world's largest live streaming education company featuring the top experts in photography, design, music, and entrepreneurship. They have over 10 million students students worldwide with more than 3 billion minutes of education consumed on the platform, and they've raised over $50 million. Chase is also the host of the podcast, The Chase Jarvis Live Show, where he interviews the world's top creative entrepreneurs, artists, and celebrities, sharing their stories designed to help you gain actionable insights to recognize your passions and achieve your goals. He's had guests like Adam Grant, Seth Godin, Jasmine Starr, Angela Duckworth, Lisa Congdon, Marie Forleo, and many more. You're definitely going to want to take a listen. In this conversation, we cover a lot of key ideas from his amazing book, Creative Calling, Establish a Daily Practice, Infuse Your World with Meaning, and Succeed in Work and Life. You want to go get your copy because there are so many good nuggets and you're going to learn a ton. I love how enthusiastic and passionate Chase is about creativity and the work he does. He's really such an amazing soul. Without further ado, please welcome the remarkable Chase Jarvis. Chase, thanks for coming on. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You're a busy person and you're busy doing a lot of good things. It's ridiculous how many people that you've reached. But what people don't all know is your story, like who you were, where you were before Creative Live. Do you want to start off and take us from like photographer to like where it kind of grew? Tell us just a little (laughs) bit. Sure. Actually, I'm going to start further back to second second grade. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go back to Miss Kelly, my second grade teacher. And I roll into second grade at the beginning of uh, the school year, and I've got this amazing stand-up comedy routine I've been working on all summer. Please I got stop. A, I got a magic show, 
and a handful of other things. I'm, I'm writing you. a comic strip. So I roll into second grade like on fire and doing all my stuff. It's the ice cream social. And in parallel oh to the God. ice cream social is the um, student teacher conferences. So they, that's how they get the parents to come there with the kids. And then they, you know, they each have 10 minutes with the teacher or whatever. And so I overhear my teacher tell my parents that I'm way better at sports than I am at art. And I didn't actually care, but what I did do is pivot and go straight to the thing that I thought I could get acknowledged for or recognized or just seen, right? So for me, I ran to sports from basically grade two to um, my early 20s. And that wasn't a bad thing. And my teacher was right. I was a gifted athlete. I went to college on a soccer scholarship. I could have wow. played in college or soccer. And I went played on the Olympic development soccer team. So was she right? Yes. Was she wrong about the art stuff? We'll never know. But what I do know is that mm. I sort of, you know, ran away from it. And then culturally, like jock and artist were sort of at opposite ends of the spectrum when I was growing up. But at some point, and there's a, a handful of things along the way. One in particular was my grandfather dropped out of a heart attack a week before my college graduation. And he was a, an avid photographer and someone that all the camera companies love because he buys all the new gadgets and whatnot. So he drops dead. And of course, that's horrible. The silver lining is that I was given his cameras. And so at the age of what is that when you graduate 21 or 22, I was just given this bag full of cameras, some lenses, and I had already decided that I was going to, you know, walk the earth. I was going to take some time, the money I'd saved up growing up, a little bit of money from my grandfather's passing and from my grandma. And I was going to, you know, buy the 13 stop crappy plane ticket to Europe and go walk the earth and teach myself how to be a photographer. So I was a creator from age zero. And I know for a fact that we all are creative and it's, what we do with it and how we're shaped as young people that can help or hinder our development of these muscles. And what, you know, came to me when my grandfather passed was his cameras and just so happened that I discovered something I love. And I went on to, you know, to be one of the top commercial photographers in the world, which was great, but that is a part of my life that no one knows. And, you know, I recently wrote a book called creative calling and I've started creative live and all these things. They're really a byproduct of understanding a the power of creativity and b hoping and trying to help people recognize and acknowledge it so you know oh, beautiful i, I want to make sure that people don't think that i hate books that say if you do perfect thing a and perfect thing b and perfect thing c then you'll turn out perfect thing yeah. def i had a really hard confusing upbringing around creativity um around trying to please other people and the reality is we get this one precious life and life doesn't just happen. We create life. And, and, you know, this is a message that I'm trying to put my arms around. And so my background before creative live was, as I just shared and having a successful career as a professional creator, I did a couple of iPhone apps, one of which was the app of the year on the Apple iTunes store in 2000. No big deal. 2009. Yeah, no big deal. Me, well, that helped me understand that technology could help solve this problem that I wanted to, you know, help people acknowledge and, mm -hmm. and make use of this amazing lever that we have called creativity. There you go. That's amazing. Do you know um, Julia Cameron? Do you know her work? I know her work very well. I've read the books and of course I, don't, I don't know Julia personally, but uh, of course, Artist's Way is a great, great book. It's so good. Julia Cameron was on the show and I said cool. to her, 
I said, is everyone really creative? Because when I asked the question, I really wasn't sure. And she said, have you ever gone into a preschool and seen a child who's not creative? I'm like, whoa, I have a three-year-old, like, good point. And she said, but what do they all have in common? And it it relates to something you just said. She said, they're all messy. They've Mm -hmm. got paint in their nose. It's on their hair. They're okay with it. Chase, what I hear from my listeners, that's it. It's, I don't want to make a bad version. I don't want to be mediocre. I don't want to make something horrible. Unless I've been told by God himself that I'm supposed to be a photographer because I have it the thing, whatever the it is, I won't dare do the thing. What do you say to people about that? Um, Well, what I do is I write a book and the book tackles (laughs) that exact thing. And the book is called Creative Calling and it operates on sort of three basic premises. The first is everyone's creative and not dissimilar to what Julia said. All you have to do if you're looking for empirical proof is walk into any, she said, kindergarten, I usually say first grade, and say, who wants to the, come up to the front of the room and draw me a picture and look at how many hands go up? Every single hand goes up. And then you ask the same thing in you know grade six or seven, grade nine or 10, and it's reduced by 50% at each of these sort of milestones. And it's not surprising because we somehow position creative creativity rather historically i think this is changing but historically we've positioned creativity as a nice to have and we know now that it's not at all we are creating machines so again if premise one is everyone is creative premise two this is one of the things that i realized and is very pertinent to your question is that creativity is a habit it's not a skill it is a it's a practice i liken it to a muscle creativity is a muscle and just like any other muscle you have to use it in order for it to develop so if you believe one that everyone's creative just go with me in this if you believe two that creativity is a muscle to me the process that we go through to create anything a photograph a meal um, a family painting a podcast those are the same muscles that we use creating in small ways every day. That's how we create our life. It's the same muscle at a different scale. So ultimately, you know, we talk about, oh, did that person find success? (laughs) People don't find success. People create it. And people create their lives. Like literally we can talk about creativity in the small C, like creating the podcast. We're co-creating this conversation, but it's creativity in the capital C that we are agents of our own world. We don't have to be corks bobbing in the tide that we can. And the lives of the people you look up to and respect and admire, whether on the internet or your neighbor or in real life or whatever, those lives were made with intention. And so, you know, to me, the goal of the book is to widen the understanding of what creativity is and help people harness their own individual creativity or reawaken it if it's gone dormant and create the living and life of their dreams. It's so beautiful. It's like listening to a a symphony to hear you talk. And you know what that is? It's because this is really a part of you and you can tell there's a mastery over what you're saying because you've been doing it right? Like it's just part of who you are. One thing that's really interesting to me is that I'm always trying to ask my audience what they need. And Chase, what I found out is that the majority of my audience had no idea what their thing was. Mm -hmm. They just know they're not happy, but they're like, I wish I knew I wanted to be a photographer. Lucky him. Let's talk about the idea system and how people can figure out what the heck their thing is. 
sure. I have experienced this and, you know, having my own podcast, Chase Jarvis Live and, and Creative Live, we've had, you know, thousands of people on those two platforms. So in surveying those folks in my own experience and in, you know, having the world's top creators on that platform and what their experience, it becomes clear that we've sort of lost our ability to imagine what's possible because there's all these inputs coming to us telling what we should do, what we ought to do. And there aren't a lot of sources that are teaching us to pay attention to our insides. I don't think the answers are out there. The answers to 99% of the questions and certainly the most important ones are inside of us. And it's just, we've lost our ability to listen and to pursue those things. We've lost our ability to imagine the possibilities for this one precious life. And, you know, I started deconstructing the things that were successful in my own life, you know, how I dropped out of medical school, bailed on professional soccer and quit a PhD in philosophy to become a photographer. Nicely and, done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the success of, you know, the people around me and a lot of other people that I admire deeply. And there was a really consistent series of steps that each of these people did with projects that were successful. And you, this cuts across like from Sir Richard Branson, Brene Brown, Ariana Huffington, Tim Ferriss, like all over the place, the, the, the most successful and fulfilled. I think that's a really important thing, not just success with the capital S and the private jet, but fulfilled. They were following a pattern and it coincided nicely with mine. And so I put that down and I started looking at it and thinking about it about 10 years ago. And it's a key piece of the book. Essentially, there are four parts to the book. The first part is I for imagine. D for design is the second part. Three is execute. And four is amplify. And Ooh. so if you walk through those things, imagining what's possible is literally that part where your readers and listeners and fans and followers get stuck. Is like they've lost the ability to dream because it's understandable because culture is programming us. So we have to get over that. But as soon as we do get over that enough to, to be honest with ourselves, then what successful people do in this pattern is they start to design a path to get what they want in life, to go where they want to be around the people that they want um, and to pursue that thing that they were able to imagine in step one. And this is not a mystery if, you know, it's like following a recipe or if you're going to build a house, you don't just start hammering boards together you create a plan. And so that's yeah. what the D part is. The third part is execute. You're executing that vision. Of course, you're going back and refining the design, making sure that you're, what you've imagined is true for you still. Mm -hmm. And then the last part, which I think is the most misunderstood part is, is the amplify part, which is, it's really synonymous with community because mm. if you, you know, deconstruct any success, it's so rarely all piled in the individual you know, what we know to be true is that it's through community and through building connections, both spiritual, emotional, physical, in real life, digital, all these things, developing and growing community as you have with the show that our dreams come true. No, there is no solo act in life. So this idea system, IDEA, is what I, I learned in testing it out for a number of years is that it works for any individual project. And what really got me excited is when I realized that this works for life. This is how the best lives, the ones that we admire, respect, appreciate, look up to, 
are motivated by. That's how they're cultivated and built. Well, I'm taking notes, so thank please, you. Please do. Honestly, it's the greatest gift in the world to, that I get to do this. And you guys, you have to go get the book. I'm telling you, it's just amazing. I like read a little piece of it and I was like, oh, I need to go back and read this entire thing. <laughs> so let's, let's break these down just a bit. Great, sure. So the thing that breaks my heart is the imagine part. Yep. Because I think a lot of people have been through so much. I can mm -hmm. underscore the so. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is we come up with this amazing strategy, which is, oh, I won't dream too far because I don't want to get my heart ripped open because that's happened and that didn't feel good. So a survival strategy since I was nine and my dad walked out or my mom died or whatever happened is I won't imagine too much because yeah. it will help me from getting hurt. Yeah. And I think what great leaders do is they do give people new glasses of you can reach for this. How do you help people step into a new possibility? Well, first of all, you have to take everything I say with a grain of salt, but I, although I believe it to be true with every fiber in my being, we all know what's true for ourselves when we're alone in the dark at night and you can just be quiet or still for a moment. We know it's true. And I think that is a very powerful it is. Uh, thing. But, you know, I'm trying to help people get to the other side of fear where all the best stuff in life is. And there's a Again, this cultural programming that we're subject to is so significant and it's not really like our parents don't want, and, you know, the definition of creativity in that world is like pipe cleaners and glue and right. cutouts versus, yep. versus creativity as we talked about earlier with capital C, like everything around you was created, literally, like look around, someone yeah. had an idea and then drew a picture of it and then went and got it made and then yep. refined it. And like, including the conversation that we're having right now, it's co-created, right? So it's obviously everywhere and it, it's valuable, but finding a way to understand that the programming comes from an okay place from people who love you, but that it's actually not about you. It's about them and that they want you to be safe. You know, our culture is made of averages and a made of norms. And so what an average is, it's a set of numbers that are added and then divided by the total number. But if there's only one you, there's no data set. So how can they possibly give you advice about what's normal or what's good for you when there has never been another and will never be another you? So I, when you start to, I, I try and empower people to realize that the those people who are close to you that you're telling you what you should do, they mean well, but they actually can't help you. That is where we go to sort of part two of retraining our ability to imagine. And I also like to give them the, the benefit of the doubt that it's fair to say you are working against your biology. This thing between our ears, this muscle is a multi-million year old organ and it is not there to make you happy. It is there to keep you alive and yeah. to propagate your species. And so it is designed, we have a negativity bias in human brains, and that is about survival, avoidance, and whatnot. And the cool thing about having an organ between your ears that isn't where everything happens, we have a lot of knowledge in our body. We know that. But what we can do is start to program, actively program that muscle between our ears. And part of getting over that is getting over the fear part, which is very natural. But when you realize that it's designed to keep you alive, not happy, and you can start to program it and tell it, no, no, I want to do this. We are programmed to scan the horizon for saber toothed tigers. I'm here to tell you that the number of likes you got on your Instagram post is not a saber toothed tiger. 
the reality is there are very, very few saber-toothed tigers. And I mean that both literally and metaphorically. There's far fewer saber-toothed tigers than you are taught to believe. And then your biology is training you to look for. And so a cool thing happens when you feel fear and step into it anyway. You learn a little lesson, a little tiny lesson in that moment. And that lesson is that not only was that not so bad, but it actually helped or oh my gosh, that hurt terribly, but it helped. Mm -hmm. And things can hurt and help you grow. In fact, that is the primary mechanism for growth. So to me, I I go back to those two things, how to listen to the feedback of the people who don't know what they're talking about, even if they love you deeply. Mm -hmm. And, and thing two, how to, you know, train this muscle that I talked about, Mm -hmm. which is our ability to use our brain and to use it for creating the living and life that we want. Yeah. Liz Gilbert, we had a great conversation not too long ago. And she said, my number one job is my own mental health. My number one thing, you know, and she spends two, I think she said two to four hours a day, making sure that she's right in the head. And whether you take you know, 20 minutes or two hours or four, like that's up to you in your life. But the reality is, again, the people who you respect, admire, look up to, I believe that those folks are actively shaping their, their life. And, you know, by default, then, you know, every individual day. And usually one of the most popular things that I have realized in interviewing hundreds of the world's top performers is that taking care of yourself in the morning and orienting your melon around the things that are true for you and meaningful rather than this negativity bias. And you know what your mom's friends, brother, teacher, career counselor, boss said to you, orienting around what you believe and know to be true is one of the most powerful things we can do. I'm so glad that you shared that. I love everything you're saying, but let's just take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. We always hear that it's important to have a diversified portfolio with stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and that kind of thing. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you'll typically see a diversified set of real estate. So why isn't it one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Simple. It hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now, thanks to Fundrise. Fundrise is an investing platform that makes investing in high quality, high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. They make it easy for all investors to diversify by building you a portfolio of institutional quality real estate investments. So if you're a beginner at real estate investing or looking to add more, Fundrise has you covered. I went on their website and it's so easy to use. You can track your portfolio's performance and watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated via asset updates. And their team of real estate professionals carefully vets and actively manages all of their real estate projects. Start building your better portfolio today. Get started at fundrise.com slash dream job to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash dream job to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived fundrise.com slash dream job. In 2020, every business in the country is learning how to adapt day by day, except for banks. And unnecessary fees or taking a trip to your bank is the last thing business owners need to be thinking about. Asla takes all the friction out of business banking instead of insisting you handle your banking as if the internet never existed. Aslo is an awesome free business checking account with invoicing, bill pay, money transfers, no minimum balance, no minimum deposit, and no maintenance or overdraft fees. What I really love about Aslo is how much time it'll save you. I've spent so many hours of my life being on hold just to set up a new bank 
bank account, but with Aslo, you just go to azlo.com and apply in as little as 10 minutes, and there's no waiting to use your account. Their free instant funding feature allows you to deposit up to $1,000 and access it into your account instantly. Aslo is owned by BBVA USA, member FDIC, and because they make business banking easy and offer a fee-free checking account, Money Magazine called them the best business banking option for freelancers and entrepreneurs. Sign up right now with no minimum deposit at aslo.com slash dreamjob and get a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide, spelled A-Z-L-O dot com slash dreamjob and sign up with a free Small Business Starter Guide and no minimum deposit, aslo.com slash dreamjob. With the second thing, which is the design, right? Sure. Part of the idea, the four yeah. steps. I think people will get intimidated by that. And the thing is, we look for evidence for whatever we believe is true. So when you come to D and you say design, people are going to go, oh, see, I'm out because I can't write a business plan. Boom. That's the reason. There it is. That's why he's successful and I'm not. So when you say design, break it down. What does that mean? Make a plan because people are going to be overwhelmed by that. Did you even plan? Did you have any clue that Creative Live would be what it is? Did you know you were going to wind up doing all this stuff? What, what does design mean to you? Sure. Design means creating a relationship between our vision, our behaviors, and then outcomes that we actually want in the world. And it's I, I talk about it being sort of the creative pyramid on the very, very bottom is what we've been talking about which is mindset. That is the foundation to everything. Because if you start off every day, your life this week with, you know, in the wrong mindset, like everything else is a lot harder. You know, the Egyptians knew that you couldn't build a pyramid with a rickety base. And so I put mindset at the base of this pyramid. And then right above mindset is your habits. And If you think about what habits are, those are just a series of behaviors. And if you think about what behaviors are, if you did a behavior over and over, that's literally what helps you reach a goal. So goals are sort of the tip of the pyramid. And I try and design my life such that if I did the following X number of things every day, that I couldn't not hit my goals wake up every morning and I make sure I'm in the best headspace that I possibly can. And I acknowledge that there's a lot of inputs and things can be hard and difficult and confusing and challenging and all the things. But I look at this as just a very simple, repeatable way to get to a plan of action. It might not deliver you on the doorstep of your dreams, but it at least gets you going in the right direction. Once you've imagined Mm -hmm. like fill in the blank for yourself, I want to do X, I want to be Y, I want to do C then, all right, what is someone who is, does, and becomes that? What is, you know, what do you think their behaviors are? And if you want to become an Olympic shot put person, spending some time in the gym is probably a key piece of it. You know, getting a trainer who knows what it looks like to be in the Olympics or to be a top performer or to be a whatever, you probably need to take care of your body and eat well. And these are not, it's not really a mystery. In fact, I like to use the acronym DEER, deconstruct, emulate, analyze, repeat. I look at the Olympic shot putter. I wonder what their lives are like. I hypothesize, I deconstruct their lives. Then I try and do the things that I think they're doing. That's the emulating. Mm -hmm. I analyze, is this working for me? Am I getting stronger, faster, closer to my favorite place, the way I want to be in life? And am I getting stronger? Am I getting you know, more like literally physically close to the people who've done the thing that I want to do. And when you find that thing, repeat it until you 
bump up against the new blocker. So this idea of designing a life, it can seem intimidating, but what I do know is true is things don't happen without action. You cannot possibly rationalize your way to your goals. In fact, that tends to harm us rather than help us. The best thing in the world is action. You have to emphasize action over intellect. You need to do the verb to become the noun. I love it. I have a page full of notes and I'm so excited right now. I'm like so excited. Since you know so many successful people, you've created an amazing platform. You've talked to everybody who, you know, is doing important things. What have you reverse engineered that you think is one of the most important habits that all of these successful people, including yourself, do? Owning the morning. Own the morning, own your day. If you get out of bed and the first thing you do is check your phone and then you, if you have kids, you step right out of like reading the emails, which are nothing more than petitions for your time. And then you step into helping get the kid out the door and then you go to a job that you don't love. I mean, it sounds absurd when you say it here in our conversation, but the reality is that's what most people do. So when I, in my own experience and in, in talking to so many of the world's top performers that I consider friends or mentors or peers or inspirators, this is a really, really common theme. And self-care, go back to what Liz Gilbert was saying. Of course, there's a lot of practices and a lot of habits that I think we all can benefit from. I'm a huge advocate of meditation, but it's almost cliche these days to me. It's a force multiplier. It affects everything. I do look for dominoes that if I tip that one domino, you know, how could it unleash Mm. a lot of ease in a lot of other areas? Uh, So good. Let's just do two more things before you hop off because they're so important. So I think the execute part of this is so big. I mean, all day long, it's execution over anything else. And that's the biggest thing is people go up until that moment and then they don't do it. They don't think they're ready. They think it's mediocre. They think it's stupid. They think they have a million reasons why they don't execute. They also, people think they need to know a lot of things before they do it. They don't realize that the clarity comes through doing the things. So they just don't. What do you say about that? How do we do it? How do we just jump when we're afraid to execute? The most important thing, the gap between where you are right now and where you want to be is smaller than you think. And the number one thing that is keeping you from getting there is just starting. Because we have been sold a map for our lives. We've said, okay, look, start here. And then you can see the dash, 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 little dotted line all the way over here, over the ribbon through the woods. And then there's the big red X over here, which is, you know, this is where you want to go. This is where the buried treasure is. And we were told that about school. We were told that about job. We were told that about relationships. We were told that about just our life, right? Go to school, get a good job, get married, have kids. Like this is a roadmap that is very, very popular in our culture. Mm -hmm. But the reality is it's terrible advice because if you know one person whose life actually looked like the map that they were sold, I will eat my wallet. Okay. It's just like, we're, we're sold a map and no one's map turns out. But what is a hundred percent true for everyone is that you have a compass and go back to like how you start and all these things that we've talked about before the imagining part, you do not need to see the whole staircase. You do not need to see the whole path. You need to take the first step. And what you said just 90 seconds ago is true, which 
It's the first step will reveal the next step. And you don't have to have the courage to start off and say, I want to be, you know, fill in the blank. You don't even know what it takes to do that. All you have to have is the courage to start, the courage to try. And in the first step reveals the second step. So the cool thing is if we don't have this map, this map is a false narrative, but what we all have is a compass. And think about the difference between a map and a compass. A map, you can sit above it and look down on it and it has the whole path and starting Mm -hmm. and end and the journey. What we do have is a compass. What does a compass do? It just points in a direction. And if you get good at listening to your heart and your mind, both of those things together are powerful. This idea of the, the rational mind being our power point is not true. It's slow. It's mediocre. It's laden with bias. It's sort of this head-heart combo. If you listen to that and you put yourself on a path where you're walking in the direction of the thing that you know to be true, you will start to feel this thing that feels like the tractor beam in, in Star Wars, right? And it feels good when you're doing it. And if that's a good thing, then keep walking in that direction. There's this concept that I have in the book, in the Creative Calling book about this, you know, hearing the call and walking the path. And look at none of this is a straight line. And if you're following a compass, it just says go over the hill. And maybe when you get to the top of the hill and you're like, oh my God, there's a lake there. I got to go around the lake. So there's going to be all kinds of things. And this is, this is why it's more true than a map is because it's not a straight line. It is a squiggly line. And will you come off your path? Certainly. But like meditation or paying attention to a mantra or a breath, your job is just to come back to the breath. Or in this case, it's back to your path. Just keep walking on your path. And all of these things will start to reveal themselves to you. And your plans may change. You might not want to be a professional basketball player anymore, but you might love coaching. Or you might want to be a physician who works with athletes, but you only got there by walking, you know, a half a mile on your path and realizing what's truly calling to you. And, you know, I think that that is something, another thing that's wildly misunderstood from this execute part, you have to do the verb to be the noun. And that's it. If you want to take pictures, take a camera, start taking some pictures and boom, you're a photographer. And this idea that you have to do it professionally or that like, no, 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 explore and experiment. That is the first step in executing your vision. You have to actually start moving. So like trying to ride a, ever tried to ride a bike without going forward. It's very difficult. (laughs) And the same is true in life. If you're, if you're sitting on your couch, trying to rationalize your way to your vision, it's not working. You can only get there through action and that's the hardest part. Again, taking that first step and small imperfect actions are how everything that you see around you has been accomplished. Mm. So helpful. And I've never heard that bike now, like you ever tried to ride a bike without moving forward. So clear. And I love the idea of the compass versus the map. Just where is it pointing you and checking in with your heart? All right. I have a couple more questions, but first let's just take a quick ad break. I'll admit, even though I was editor of my college newspaper, my grammar has always been far from perfect. Thankfully, now we have Grammarly. Grammarly is the digital writing tool you can always rely on to get your message across clearly and effectively. It works across multiple platforms, including Gmail, Google Docs, and Slack. And signing up for a Grammarly account is free. It gives you real-time spelling and grammar checks as you write and also helps you write and communicate with more confidence. And if you want deeper insights on your writing, you can check out Grammarly Premium so you can write like a pro with advanced real-time feedback like advanced suggestions on grammar 
grammar, punctuation, sentence structure, and style. Harness the power of Grammarly on every platform with their desktop editor, browser, plugin, and mobile apps. And improve your writing on all your favorite sites and apps like Outlook, Gmail, Twitter, LinkedIn, and more. I love that Grammarly is more than just correcting mistakes. It actually makes me feel like I'm building my skills as a writer. We do tons of outreach to keep the podcast going, and it's so important for us to know that we're using the best words and being really clear and concise. So I love that Grammarly Premium gives us vocabulary suggestions and conciseness checks while we're writing so we can immediately make these revisions and send out the best crafted message. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com slash DreamJob. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com slash DreamJob. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash DreamJob. This last piece, which is Amplify, people will say all the time, like, what's the hack? How do you break the algorithm? Like... There must be, you know, something, I know you just said, like, take a step, the next will be revealed, but come on, Chase, you're really successful. You've built an amazing business. What is the way to amplify overnight? Community is the lever for all of your dreams. And I believe that if you can adopt the previous three steps, if you can imagine what's possible. And again, this, let's take a specific example. If you want to, you know, become a restaurateur or a chef what you should not do is go find a lease on a space, take out a loan for a million dollars to get a bunch of, you should start baking scones on Sunday morning. <laughs> like whatever the thing is, if you want to be a coffee shop owner or a restaurant, you like try and make your own pasta once and then make it for yourself and then make it for your family and then make it for your friends and then have a dinner party and then have a pop-up restaurant and then have a, be a caterer. Yes. Like, yes. You know, that's very much in line with the action part of what we were talking about just a moment ago where Amplify comes in is notice that I said, you know, it started with yourself and that's where this sort of central grounding aspect comes but the first next thing is sharing it with someone else. And in understanding that nothing happens in a vacuum and that your dreams will largely not be possible unless you can bring other people along. I think that's a wake up call for so many people. Like we've all had this experience, right? Whether it's like a project that we worked on for days or weeks or months, or we wrote a poem or built a, an app or prepared a presentation at work and you deliver this presentation or you ship the app or you perform the one act play. And then what crickets, right? It's like tumbleweeds. You're like, wait a minute. Did you guys not see? I just, I just put myself out there. I did all this work and then threw it out there. And all you did is just like Uh. step, step on me, walk right over. We've all had that happen. And the results that you are getting right now, if that is speaking to you or if that is true, is almost entirely because you have not built a community to prepare for your work. And that go back to that presentation at work. Are, do people around you know what you're excited about, know that you're coming in this room with a presentation? Have you helped them understand it? Have you been working on this long enough? And do they know about it such a way that they can actually back you or see you or support you? Now expand that sort of concept, that metaphor out to, the people whose work is finding great success, again, the success is created. They've been cultivating an audience. They've been cultivating a, a landing spot for their work in the hearts and minds of people, I bet, for years. And we just see our 
like flimsy first effort where we fall on our face and then we consider we compare ourselves to Deepak Chopra or Liz Gilbert or Martin Luther King or anyone else who's chasing their dream and finding and creating success for themselves and you know their highlight reel becomes you know our day-to-day life or we compare those two things and that's as tragic results so community is often misunderstood and there are two ways to think about community. And there's, I go, again, this is a quarter of the book. And I think this is a huge aspect that people miss. But two main ways to think about this. First, there's things that you can join. There's existing communities in the world. And that's a good way to get a warm up, right? You can lurk in a community forum or online. You know, there are communities around the most esoteric, crazy things out there in the world. But when you start spending time around like-minded, motivated, passionate people doing the things that they love, and just so happens to be the thing you love too, it's an amazing learning environment. And it's an opportunity for you to see what's working, what's not, see where you fit into this or where you might fit into this going forward. And so I tell people, you know, become a joiner. And this is like antithetical to, especially for introverts, like, oh my God, that sounds so hard. Baby steps. This is not about whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. This is about connecting with other like-minded people who are doing your thing. And then there's a separate piece, which is about creating a community around you and your work. Now, this doesn't mean a million Instagram followers. This doesn't mean a $10 you know, billion dollar business. This, the scale part, that takes care of itself. You will figure that part out. All you want to do initially is... Is there an audience of one for your work? And if you have an audience of one, that's you. What does an audience of two look like? What does an audience of five look like? People think that everything started off giant, quite the opposite. Everything started out small. So don't forget that. And to me, that just go back to just starting is the important part for both attending and connecting with communities that already exist and starting to create a community on your own. It's so powerful. It's so potent. One quick follow-up question to what you just said is for you personally, because you've done so much to create community and you've created all kinds of content and all kinds of events and all kinds of work. Right in this moment, if you had to put your finger on one that you like, Mm -hmm. do you like podcasting best? Do you like video short form content best to create community? What, which, or, or are they all the same? I'm just curious. Yeah, to me, they're all channels for a message. So I like to focus on the message more than the platform or distribution channel and experimenting all those on all those different platforms and getting the, the medium delivery that works best for the message. To me, that only happens through, again, go back to doing, right? Yeah. You, have to, you have to do that to figure it out. So I would more orient around the message and when you have your message. And the cool thing about when you tap into that and it's true for you, you start singing that from the mountaintops and yeah, you you'll do. talk about anybody who will listen. And that is that magical moment where you are, you're not hitting snooze four times. You're excited to get out of bed. And yep. it's to be fair, this, you know, it waxes and wanes and we all have hard things happen. And this is, you know, built on a gritty nonlinear life full of loss and, yep. you know, human tragedy. And yet, you know, when we're truly quiet and alone with our thoughts, if you can say that you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, if you know this feeling, then you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, 
you got to get some of this stuff. It's like the best juice out there. Yeah, the best juice. Tell us where we can find you, where we can buy your book, where we can listen to your podcast. Oh, um, well, I'm just at Chase Jarvis, first name, last name, uh, Creative Live, just at Creative Live on all the social platforms or on the internet and the, the web. The book, to me, I think the book is really interesting because if you've, you know, if you used my iPhone app of the year in 2009, 10, whatever, or if you're a Creative Live subscriber, you own some classes, I think the book is, is really powerful because it stitches all this stuff together. It's the why. And I think helping us all understand our why is that is where all this personal power, this leverage, and what we were just talking about, this, you know, indubitable fountain of energy comes about from when you're doing the thing that you know you're supposed to be doing. And right. I think the book is especially helpful in helping you find that. I have no doubt about that. Amazon or wherever, your local bookstore, yeah. all the B&Ns and stuff will have it, but Amazon's great. So. It's awesome. And I will definitely, we'll link to all of that in the show notes. And really, truly, you're clearly doing the work you're supposed to be doing. Thanks Appreciate for being here. It. Happy to be on the show. Thanks. I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. The world needs more of your show. Thank you, Chase. Oh my God, what an awesome conversation. Here are the takeaways. Number one, we are all creative. Number two, feel the fear and step into it anyway. Even the things that hurt can help you grow. Number three, your number one job is to take care of your own mental health. Number four, you can't rationalize your way to your goals. The best thing to do is take action. Number five, the gap between where you are right now and where you want to be is smaller than you think. Number six, everyone has a compass. Follow what feels good. You don't need to see the whole path. Just take the first step. You can only get there through small, imperfect action. And number seven, community is the lever to all your dreams. And I love that. And I do feel like it is so true. And so that is why I'm not joking you. That is why I keep creating different programs because I know we start to see the world through the lenses of the five people we spend the most time with and who we are with has a huge impact. As James Clear said, when he was here, he wrote the book, Atomic Habits. I said, what's the most important habit of all? And he said, who you spend time with. So if you want to be part of an amazing community of people who are growth oriented, who are actually taking steps forward and are going to help give you that momentum, come join us in the Arrive community. You can go to kathyheller.com slash Arrive community. The coaching starts tomorrow. And I'm telling you guys, every single person that I know, all of us, we are all in a mastermind. We all have a coach. We are all consistently working on our own personal development because we constantly need to be changing the paradigm so we can keep moving through the matrix. So I hope to see you there. Go to kathyheller.com slash Arrive Community. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I don't take it for granted at all because I know that you're very, very busy. If you want more amazing episodes just like this, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen so you don't miss any. And I'm curious if this episode did anything for you. Did you love Chase? Did it remind you of anything that you needed to hear? If so, maybe you can share it with someone. You can text them, you can email them or Go to your Instagram and tag me and tag a friend who might need this episode and tell them about it. And uh, if you post it in your stories and you tag me at kathy.heller, I'll reshare it. You guys are truly the best. I'll leave you with a song of mine. I'll talk to you Thursday. Or if you're going to join us in the Arrive community, I'll see you tomorrow for our first coaching session. It's going to be awesome. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Times I chose to run so many times.
like a soul. 